Hester and her cabal of co-hosts are not doctors, lawyers, or licensed professionals of any kind, and their advice should not be used as a substitute for consulting any of those. The advice offered on We Should Split Up is for entertainment purposes only. Enjoy the show, ghoulies! East of the sun, west of the moon. When the nocturnal friends croon, I call upon Fetch, nimble friend of the witch. Bring me what I seek before my legs become weak. For the hearts that are lost, for the ones you have cost. For the friends still unseen, for things cheery and mean. It's answers I want in your deep woodland haunt. Fetch her, fetch me the one who knows where the mountain woman goes. Yes, night friend, show me the way to the woman of the woods, the one with the answers I seek. This way? Wild woman of the woods, are you there? It's Hester Doyle. I have questions for you. I've consulted the runes and cast the spell. I've made offerings to your familiars and waited until the waning of the moon. Reveal yourself to me, if now's a good time for you. You know, we have phones now. This is what I get for asking Jeff the Head in a Box for directions. What brings you here to disturb my solitude? I was in the middle of rewatching Supernatural, and I extremely resent it when people interrupt me during season four. I couldn't wait. I have urgent business. My 13th episode is next week. I see. The prophecy. You know what's been foretold? Yeah, we get podcasts up here. I'm a hermit, but I still have Wi-Fi. I need you to help me make it come true. Listen, if you want to get abducted by the beast from the sea, you've come to the wrong place. He never comes around here. I know. That's why I'm here. I'm not looking to get abducted, but I will make it to my 13th episode. And when I get there, I'll wait and see what happens. Hmm. Let me guess. You want me to co-host your next episode so you're one step closer to the mystery. Well, yes. I retreated to this shack in the woods specifically because I was tired of people and all their problems. What if I told you I had an entire episode of questions about animals? Then I suppose I'll stick around for this week's We Should Split Up. This letter and uh, I know I'm intrigued. Let me here. Let me let me let me give it here. Give it here. Let me read that. All right. What do we have? Dear Hester. Okay. My neighbor likes to keep free range chickens. They like to take free range a little too far, and they escape into my yard on a regular basis. It's really annoying to come home to a messed up pine straw where they've scratched and chicken shit on my porch. <clears throat> I bet. I've made it clear to my neighbors, both by using humor and by asking them outright that I don't want their chickens in my yard, but they don't listen and keep allowing their chickens to invade my space. What can I do? Yours truly, considering inviting the neighbors over for BBQ chicken. 
Generally speaking, I I think that um, I would advise against slaughtering your neighbor's pets. I don't know. BBQ chicken sounds pretty good. I mean, for those of us who like to continue to dwell companionably within society, uh, I... Speak for yourself. Well, I think that we've already come to realize there are multiple points of view on this matter. Um, But I think that the heart of this is, like any other neighbor issue, you have to accept what you can control and what you can't control. You can control your space, but you can't control the fact that your neighbors have chickens. And I I wonder if maybe there's a part of this that's grating on you, especially because it's just such a stereotype now to become the suburban farmsteader. And there are a lot of people out there getting into different kinds of animal husbandry that they might not be fully qualified for. And then suddenly it becomes the community's responsibility to play along. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But maybe it's important to separate that feeling from just the general quandary, which is the classic, what do you do when your neighbor is pissing you off? Uh, Wild woman of the woods, what do you do when your neighbor's pissing you off? Hester, look around you. I specifically chose to have no neighbors so that I would never, ever have to deal with this problem again. And uh, Madam or Mr. BBQ, it's a great option. Highly recommend it. Yeah. Well, so there's your first choice you could completely abandon your civilized identity and disappear into the mountains, which it's kind of cozy up here, actually. You see? You see? I have a point. I had a good idea. Mm -hmm. But barring that, I would start to think more strategically about what you have control over. You do not have control over the fact that your neighbors own chickens, and you don't have control over the fact that they are very bad at controlling those chickens. (laughs) So what you can control is maybe how easy it is for those chickens to get onto your property. Uh, They say fences make good neighbors, and I think this is perfect evidence for why. Now, there might be a part of you that complains, my property looks so nice without the fence, and I don't like how it breaks up the view, and it's so unfair that I have to invest in a fence because somebody else is being poopy, but I think this is one of those things you just have to accept about life. You have a choice. You can get the fence, or you can get the chickens. It's pretty simple, and and that's what living in, in a world with neighbors is. It's uh, realizing that everything is a trade-off. You don't get to tell other people how to live. And as long as they're not doing something grossly illegal, you don't really get to tell them to stop, even if you've talked to them nicely about it. So you have to find ways to manage your own environment. And that's when you recognize it's not about them at all. It's about what you're willing to trade off for. Are you willing to invest in a fence so this is never a problem for you again? Or is the chicken issue just not a big enough deal? And if it's the latter, then maybe it's time to let this one go. You know, Hester, I almost hate to admit it, but you have a good point. Build a fence. Mm, 12 feet high. Plant some trees in front of it. You know, some nice tall Douglas firs. It'll be almost like you don't have neighbors at all. I love a Douglas fir. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that the best thing that you can do is focus focus on your own, what you can control, and not on them. And I also think that 
that lingering less on the resentment of the fact that they have chickens in the first place will probably go a long way towards you. Perhaps you can adopt your own annoying hobby and just start a never-ending escalating turf war with them. Consider taking up bagpipes. You could also get goats. I mean, I see your chicken and I raise you a goat. I have never been gladder to live alone. So I, I think we've settled this one. Sponsored by Feral Links, the number one investing app in Salem Cove. Wait, really? Really? An investment company is advertising on this podcast, giving wholesome people advice? How consumerist is that? For Satan's sake. Feral Links is all about helping the little guy reinvest his money in More giant... More like crushing the little guy under impossible debt, using predatory lending practices just like the lions after which they were named. <clears throat> Several Salem Cove small business owners have raved about their Feral Link small business loans. Yeah, follow up with them in seven years. What's their interest rates? They're, it's going to crush them. This company is disgusting. I cannot believe, Hester, that you would stoop to this level. The advice columnist of Salem Cove shilling for Feral Links? I believed in you. Feral Links. Money for you now? Money for us later. Use promo code CREDITNIGHTMARE to get your first loan approval today. <coughs> Don't listen. Well, Wild Woman, um, now that we've alienated my biggest sponsor ever, I, I suppose it's <clears throat> time to... Um, Capitalist pigs. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm <clears throat> just I'm trying so hard to keep this podcast going, and sometimes you just have to take the deal you can make. Do I look like I have any sympathy for you? You look like somebody who's tried this before. <coughs> I have something in my in my throat. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll read this next letter. Maybe you can help me out. Dearest Hester. Hello, Hester and friends. I have two questions for you related to my masters. Uh, I mean, my pets and dealing with the other quote unquote humans in my life. Mm hmm. My husband and I have a large number of familiars that we share our lives with. We are both employed. We can afford both the finances and the time commitment. The care of our large and species diverse family requires. Though sometimes it means making minor sacrifices. Not like sacrifice type sacrifices, but maybe just cutting corners on our own groceries to make sure they get the best of foods and toys and whatnot, and maybe skipping a late dinner party that we don't enjoy anyway, so we can finish up our evening pet care routine. We don't travel because we enjoy spending our free time in a pile of creatures at home. Unfortunately, some of our family and friends feel the need to be negative Nanettes and bossy Beatrices. They assume that the hours we spend each day caring for our family is drudgery and a burden that ties us down and limits our ability to enjoy life, which is absolutely not the case. 
My first question is, how should we handle people like this? My husband isn't sure that threatening to put a hex on them in my spare time is the best idea, and I am skeptical about his solution of emitting a high-pitched screech directly into their face and then running away. This leads me to my second question. Several of our familiars are creatures that traditionally strike fear into some people. This leads to some of our loved ones expressing distressing opinions about them. Do you have any suggestions for consoling a heartbroken python who doesn't understand grandma refuses to come to our house since he joined the family? He cries every time the subject comes up. His slithery siblings don't care because they are secure in their own self-worth, but poor Neville just can't let it go. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Respectfully signed, the Goat Lady. Ah, uh, the Goat Lady and her family sound like my kind of people. Yes, well, you've lived among the wild creatures of the woods. What's your take? Your family, your uh, human family, I should say, is wrong. You could cut them out of your life completely and live peacefully alone with your pythons and your whole menagerie. I think it would make you a lot happier. Take it from me. I would know. Well, I think there are probably some less extreme measures that the letter writer could take. Um, oh. I know that you tend to lean toward hermitage and surrender to your wildest impulses. For which I have no regrets, to be clear. Yes. And I do think there is something very admirable about embracing your desires and the lifestyle that you want. So I think I'll start off by saying congratulations, letter writer. It sounds like you've got a lovely family. And I'm really happy for you and the fact that you've created this this animal family that you really enjoy. You seem to dedicate a lot into caring for them, which is important. We actually covered this a little bit in our very first episode, way back when the prophecy of the sea beast abducting me was just a very, very distant blip on the radar. Uh, we had a letter writer who asked how many cats is too many cats. And while I'm always in favor of having more cats, we did stress the importance of being able to care for whatever number of creatures you welcome into your home. And it, But it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing, and your main struggle is getting other people to understand that you are perfectly happy pursuing those priorities. And um, I love it that you're marching to the beat of your own drummer, so keep it up. Definitely. Haters gonna hate. You know, and Neville will come around. Again, Grandma, clearly not worth the bat of an eye. If she can't accept your family for who they are, cut them out. Live alone. The snakes are all you need. <gasps> While I wouldn't necessarily advise everybody take the wild woman's extreme approach to... I don't understand the use of this word extreme. I'm thriving, but <clears throat> you can continue. Okay. Well, uh, the wild woman's particular approach to solitude, I do think we can learn a lot from her confidence in it. And I do think that in much that way, we we learn from those around us who model things for us. And I think that for your shy pets who are just so sad that grandma won't come around, I think you can model confidence for them. Uh, if you put on a cheery front and lead your life in a certain sense, like the first letter writer, you are making trade-offs in your life. We all, every choice we make is a choice to not do the things that are excluded by that choice. 
And in this case, uh, while you could hope that your whole extended family wants to come around and spend time with all of your animal friends, uh, the truth is some of them are going to be more sensitive. And on a certain level, I, I think you probably understood that when you acquired some of them. Maybe part of you hoped that they would come around, but that's why it's so important in all of these situations to focus on what you can control. And you cannot control how other people feel. So... You know, perhaps uh, Neville is responding to some sadness on your behalf that some folks aren't coming around. And that is hard. It, it's it's hard for people you care to not come visit you to feel isolated from them. And, and that sucks. And I think that um, you can't try too hard to change them. I know you turned to me for advice on, on how to bring them around, well, and, and how to console Neville, and, and I think that the, the biggest consolation for you and for Neville is to focus on the joy that your love of your menagerie family brings you, because that's the choice that you've made. Although, if it really comes to it, the hex doesn't sound like that bad of an idea. You know, I, I will not necessarily endorse hexes on this show, <laughs> but I have used hexes on this show. So make of that what you will. Yeah, it's it's rough. And I feel for you. It's It's hard to feel like your love of your creatures has maybe carved off a piece of the love that you receive from the rest of your family. And I think it's helpful to reframe that in your mind and recognize that the fact that they might not come around to the house doesn't mean they don't love you. They, they have their own internal reality. And in that internal reality, Neville is terribly frightening. We know he isn't, but a, a little dose of empathy goes a long way because I think it'll help you see that in this case, it isn't that they don't love Neville or they don't love you. They're struggling with their own phobias and fears and they'll express their love to you in other ways. So uh, I think my prescription for your second question is to focus on all those other ways that you share love with the people who might be a little bit frightened off by Neville, whether it's spending time at their house, meeting at another location, or even the fact that one day they mustered up the bigness of heart to like a couple of your Neville pictures on Instagram, even though you know that's probably really hard for them. And a lot of that springs from understanding that their internal reality is different from yours. Yeah. At the end of the day, if nothing else, scaly creatures are far better company than the, the human kind, but even they can sometimes come to stifle you. Yeah. <sighs> That's why the wild woman lives a life completely free of attachment. Sorry, I was, uh, remembering. Well, let's move on to your first question. How do you handle the people who just don't get it? I think that you already sort of probably know the answer to that question because you do not wind up with the kind of extended animal family that you do if you weren't very used to powering through the doubters. So again, I think that much like letter writer number one, you need to focus on what you can control and what you can't control. And when those people bring up those negative comments about, oh, are you really happy spending this much time doing things? Are you really getting the most out of your life, I think part of you needs to accept that maybe you're not going to change their minds. And while that doesn't give you a specific script to deal, to work with, to deal with those 
questions I do think that it gives you a good attitude to approach them with because you realize this isn't even a conversation that needs to continue. If they're going to bug you about it, change the, change the subject because you've already made up your mind. You're not going to change theirs and you can find much more pleasant ways to spend your time than dickering over that. Mm-hmm. I will add, though that sometimes a dose of self-awareness helps in these cases. And if you are encountering a lot of negative Nancys who think that your time is being misspent or who think that you're not leading your best life by caring for all of these animals, maybe ask yourself, have you complained a lot about it recently? Everybody's allowed to complain and we all need to complain sometimes even about something that we really love, but if you have recently held forth on how expensive all of this animal food is, or if you talked about that one day you had a really bad migraine and it was a literal pain to have to go through the pet care routine, that might be feeding the fire for some of these people. And it doesn't mean that you are never allowed to vent, but maybe vent to somebody else who isn't looking for an, a, any kind of nook to get their claws into to expose you for the unhappy person they believe that they that you are you know that that might call for just a a hint of self-censorship in a highly specific region of your life Hmm. you can always scream into the woods for they will listen but never tell i couldn't give better advice than that so please take that with you ignore all the rest The wild woman truly is the master of advice here. Oh, God. This week's episode is also brought to you by Tentacle Now. You don't have to be an advice columnist to have tentacles delivered right to your door. Tentacles Now? Food delivery to your door? Hester, look around you. Do you think anyone delivers here? Do you think anyone has ever and will deliver here? I will roll over in my grave and cast a five-mile hex if, God forbid, they ever do so. I cannot, I cannot believe, I cannot believe. Tentacles Now is guaranteed to deliver Anywhere, even your most remote and hexed locations. You don't have to wait until episode 13 to receive a little hunk of the beast from the sea. Oh, dearest dark god, what what world have I walked into? (sighs) Tentacles Now will deliver you the finest seafood every week or every day or every hour, depending on your subscription level. With easy-to-follow directions and pre-portioned ingredients, it truly makes feasting and feeding the easiest way possible. If you can't hunt your own creatures, then you don't deserve the the delicacy that is the tentacles of a beast of the sea. (sighs) For everyone else, there's Tentacles Now. Use promo code... Feed me for 13% off. You are vile swine, all of you. <laughs> well, wild woman, uh, would you... I have one more, but you, you, you have another another letter? Sad. Let me see. Let me see what other kinds of inane questions these tentacle delivery-eating, mortgage-using... <clears throat> well, oh, Lord. <clears throat> Dear Hester... That's what it says. Dear Hester, I have two beautiful, fat, sassy girl cats, and I love them more than life itself. But me and my boyfriend want to get another cat. We took in a boy cat temporarily a few months back, and they were not having any part of it. 
We're scared to get another one because they will be mad, but we really want another one. Any advice on what I can do to make them all right with getting them a brother? Sincerely, Crazy Cat Mom. Oh, this reeks of a crowded household, Hester. Well, all I can say is, in my experience, you the, the core of your problem is uh, making them. Have you ever successfully made a cat do anything? <laughs> Sorry. Now, I know the wild woman in the woods is, is more of a dog person, so... You like the the creatures that are obedient, that love you consistently, and don't actually try to eat you, whether you're living or dead. But for those of us who prefer feline company, I think the first thing you need to realize is you're never going to make a cat do anything. Amen. Now, there are methods to introduce cats to each other gradually. If you have a lot of space, that helps because basically what you need to do is get those cats started with uh, a, each a portion of the house that feels like their own. Cats are very territorial. And um, that might help a little bit. But I think there are some cat experts out there who probably more suited to this than I am. I, I only have a lot of cats and bats, and I actually didn't even realize half of them were bats until a few months after living with them. So perhaps I have more zeal than expertise in this region. And now she's the advice columnist, folks. <laughs> yes. Well, we had to do something back in Salem Cove. People need answers. And uh, people should be able to figure their lives out for themselves. <clears throat> Well, I think maybe that's what you need to let your cats do, because at the end of the day, yes, there are various strategies, but uh, maybe the theme for today is accepting what you can't control. And in this case, I think your cats are going to decide whether they're down for a playmate or not. And some cats simply aren't. Usually you hear people advise that you should get multiple cats to keep each other company, but there are a lot of extremely solitary cats. In fact, sometimes that's their chief attraction. So uh, one thing that you could do maybe... And it sounds like you did this already. You said you took in a boy cat, but it, temporarily, um, is to keep fostering. Because if you foster other cats, then you have a bit of a, a test time to see how well they get along with your current cat. And if they don't, then you adopt them out because that's your job as a foster. Um, but if they do, if you find the cat who is a really good match for your existing cat, then you just adopt them. I have known several people who have used fostering as sort of a test drive of an animal, and I wouldn't necessarily advise that on a rolling basis, but I do actually think it probably sounds good for your situation. Maybe I have more in common with cats than I had appreciated. I really think you need to unpack that a lot more. I'm not here to take advice from anyone, Hester. You did specifically seek solitude so you never had to hear about weigh in on or discuss yours or anyone else's problems now you're catching on why i was so annoyed to see you at my door mm -hmm. in any case now what hester your 12th episode is over in one week the beast from the sea is meant to come for me you're you're not going to stay here a week are you i don't i don't really do guests up here i wasn't planning on staying that long i just have one more question this week can you make it quick? I'd make up a clever reason to go, but the truth is I just don't feel like talking to you anymore. 
Sure, I'll cut to the point. Why'd you go away, Agnes? Thanks for listening to We Should Split Up. Frightful advice for spooky people. Agnes? No. 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 Are you frightfully in need of advice? Send your questions to frightadvice at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We Should Split Up is available wherever podcasts lurk. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fright Advice or visit frightadvice.com. Capitalists. If you're experiencing a mental health emergency, there are people who care and want to help you. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. In this episode, Hester Doyle appears as herself. Agnes Wilkerson appears as herself. Our lovely logo was created by Maya Renfro, and our theme music is Die in a Fire by Menage Garage, used with permission. Play nice, schoolies. When will it get better? When will it get worse? You never know. What if the answer's never? What if you've been cursed? When will it get better? When will it get worse? Should you check the weather? Should you call a Join us next week for episode 13, the season 1 finale of We Should Split Up. Frightful advice for spooky people. Will Hester remain safe from the beast from the sea? Will Agnes reveal her secrets? Will any of our questions be answered again? Tune in next week, ghoulies, for the disappearance of Hester Doyle. You won't want to miss it.